Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theana Money. This week, I am going to give you all some really practical advice that can help you out immensely if you put it to good use and God blesses your efforts. Taking the advice I will give you today with this episode to heart, can help you retire wealthy and leave a good inheritance to your children and grandchildren and be able to do so in large degree by having your money work for you instead of you working for your money. The warning is that putting this advice to good use will take a lot of time, so starting sooner rather than later is the key. It's like the old Chinese proverb where the best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago. And the second best time is today. At least every time I hear people mention that, it's usually mentioned it's an old Chinese proverb. For all I know, it could only be like 50 years old. But regardless of if that's 2,000 years old or two decades old, you get the point of what that is saying. This week on Theana Money, we are talking about compound interest. But let's take a moment to cover some housekeeping items before continuing on. If you like this episode, please... Share it with friends, friends that you think would benefit from it, friends that you think might not benefit from it because they might listen to it and decide uh, that they really do need to take this advice to heart and put into practice, and uh, then they can benefit from it as well. And share it around, tell your friends about Theana Money. Also, I just want to say this episode of Theana Money is not giving you financial advice for your situation, but helping you think through things that can lead to you making your own financial decisions based on your further research or consultations with a financial advisor. Theana Money is merely a podcast, not a financial advisor or financial advice agency or organization. All that to say, I gave a disclaimer and you cannot sue me for what I say in this episode. If you want legal financial advice, contact my friend Joe Garrisey from Backwards Planning Financial. That's Joe Garrisey with Backwards Planning Financial. I don't get a kickback from uh, people going to him by listening to me. He's not a paid advertiser or anything like that. He's just a good friend of mine that I think does good work, and uh, I'd love to see more people going to him. I'm sure most of you listening have heard this before, so you already know the answer, but I'm going to ask the question and give the fictional scenario anyways to help prove the point. If some wealthy person came up to you and said he would give you one of two things, either a hundred thousand dollars or a penny right now, then two cents tomorrow, four cents the next day, then eight cents, and keep going like that until the 30th day, today being the first, which would you choose? To make the situation easier by taking out other factors, let's say that the money is direct deposited into your bank account so you don't even have to go deposit any checks at the bank. I mean, even with remote deposit with your phone, 
Is it worth the time to deposit a check for a penny? And in this fictional scenario, the gift tax has been repealed, so you will not have to pay a dime in taxes on the money. I know I have some smart listeners, so at this point, if you haven't heard this before and already know the answer, you're thinking a penny a day doubled is right. If for no other reason, then why would I bring this up if it were the wrong answer? Do the math to see what the penny that doubles each day adds up to over 30 days, and there is no comparison. It is by far the better answer. I made an Excel sheet with three columns, one for the day using April 1st to 30th for the 30 days, one for the amount that day, so the first row or the second row with my header has a penny, and after that is just a formula to double the amount in the cell above, and the third to calculate the total for each day. So the new amount for that day is added to the amount for the previous day. Let's pretend this wealthy man made this offer to two different men, and each one chose a different option. Then they compare their money to each other periodically throughout the following month. A few days in, the man who took the 100k is laughing at his friend, who so far has only made 7 cents. A penny the first day, then 2 cents the next day, then 4 cents the third day. He tells him that he is a fool. Here he has not even made a dime yet, not even 10 cents. But his 10 comes before the decimal point and has several zeros following it. A week passes and still the first man is mocking the second man. The second man who went the compound interest route has only made $10 and some change. His friend mocks him and says that at least his 10 comes before the decimal point instead of after it like a week earlier and maybe make some comment about how he'll share some of his money if he asks nicely since he feels so sorry for his friend for making the obviously wrong choice. Another week passes and we are on day 17. The second man has now broken $1,000 and what he has made from his choice, and his friend continues to make fun of him for it. Another week passes and we are on day 24. As of today, the second man has now made more money from his choice than the first, as he now has made $167,772.15, breaking the 100k mark with the 83800 $86.08 he received that morning for that day's direct deposit. The next day, he will have made a total of over 300 k from his choice, and then there are still several days left of the month. I think it is safe to say that his friend is not laughing at him anymore. Maybe he now returns the comment about letting him have some of his money that was made to him a couple weeks earlier. The direct deposit made on the 30th and last day is $5,368,709.12 for a grand total of $10,737,418.23 if I set up all of my Excel formulas correctly. If someone tells me that I can have 100 k right now or $10,000,000 over the course of 30 days, I will take the 10 million over 30 days. 
even if it were 30 months, I would still take the 10 million option. Sadly, this is a fictional example and I am quite confident it will never happen to me nor anyone listening to this podcast. It can be fun to uh, think what you would spend the money on, but as fun as that can be, it's probably best to not spend too much time thinking about it since that's not going to happen and that's just wasting time uh, that could be spent on more productive things. By the way, I'm telling myself that as much, if not more, than I'm telling you, the listener, that as I say it. But it does do a good job of showing the magic of compound interest. Even though, like I said, fictional example, pretty sure it's never going to happen to any of us in real life. It still is a good example of showing just how powerful compound interest can be. But let's take a brief pause to give some definitions of compound interest in case the term is new to anyone. Like with the last episode on eminent domain, I'm going to give my own definition without looking up first so I'm not drawing on other people's definitions. And that will give you all a couple more official, you know, quote unquote official definitions. I would define compound interest as investing your money in some way that gives you a return on your investment, but then you leave the original money you put in, plus any return on investment made thus far, so that your return on investment grows each time because there is more money to earn a return with each cycle. Investopedia defines compound interest as the interest on savings calculated on both the initial principal and the accumulated interest from previous periods. So basically what I said just in like half the number of words. The Federal Reserve of St. Louis defines it this way. Compound interest, or compounding, means that interest is earned on the amount you initially deposit, what we call the principal, and on the interest you earn. To give an example, let's say that two men put 10K into an investment account that returns a, or that earns each of them 10% return each year. So that at the end of the year, they both have 11K in the account instead of the 10K they put in. The first guy sees it as a free thousand bucks, takes it out, and spends it. Then the end of the second and third years, he does the same thing, spending his thousand bucks on whatever he spends it on. The second guy lets all of the money stay in the account and keep earning interest. So the second year, he does not earn a 1K return on the account because he did not start the year with 10K. He started it with 11K. So he earns $1,100 the second year. 1K on the initial 10K put into the account and $100 on the grand from the previous year that he left in there. Now he has $12,100 in the account, which means that the third year he earns a, a $1,210 return on his investment and has $13,310 in the account. By not taking his return on investment out at the end of each year, but leaving it in there to earn its own return in the subsequent years, the second man has thus far earned $310 more than his friend over the course of the three years. The first man earned 3K in interest, and the second man earned $3,310 in interest. 
If they both keep up the same pattern, each year that difference will grow wider and wider as the second man has more money in his account at the beginning of the year to earn that same 10% return. And the first man always starts with the same 10K. So sure, the second guy gets himself an extra $1,000 at the end of each year. But the first guy, at the end of it, however many years they both leave the money in there, has himself an extra one or two thousand dollars or you know whatever it is depending on how many years they both leave it in there he didn't put any extra money in there that the first guy didn't it was all just by letting that 10 percent each year compound not only on the initial 10k investment but on any of the interest that it accumulated thus far a teacher i had in grade school named mr mack told us that when he was a freshman at liberty university a professor told them that if they could put 10k into a retirement account, fully put into the stock market, not split between stocks and bonds, that money would double itself enough times by the time they were of retirement age that they could retire off of it and never need to add a single penny more than that initial 10k. Now, I'm not sure what 18-year-old has 10k that he or she is able to put into an investment account rather than into a car or college or starting a business or really what 18 year old has 10k in general but that example even if most people have never heard of it and almost all the people who have are not able to take advantage of it shows how powerful compound interest can be honestly with this doing the math and thinking through the numbers in my head i don't think 10k as a starting investment would cut it when you take inflation into account and even without inflation, Social Security might be needed as a supplement just to make the 10K investment work for two or three decades of retirement. At least 20K, if not more, at 18 is more realistic for this, but either way, it shows how powerful compound interest can be. If you, at 18 years old, somehow had 20K to put into the stock market, and the stock market over the next 40 or 50 years has uh, returns that pretty much average out to uh, historical stock market returns that that 20k invested at 18 might have enough by the time you retire to live off of it for a couple of decades no guarantees it will stock market is always unpredictable especially the last decade or two since you know 2008 in the last 16 years with everything that's gone on and might go on in our country in the next decade or two but that just shows you how powerful compound interest can be. Also in grade school, I think from the same teacher and maybe also from another teacher named Pastor Downs, I heard that money invested in the stock market doubles about every seven years. But if you take inflation into account, thinking more of how long it takes the purchasing power of your dollar to double than uh, how long it takes the raw single dollar to become $2, it is more like, every 12 years. I'm not sure how accurate the 12 years for money to double and the stock market when taking it inflation into account is. Maybe it's longer than that now thanks to all the stimulus checks from Presidents Trump and Biden and all the inflation that has caused. But it still shows the power of leaving money invested over a number of years so that it works for you and makes you money for just letting it sit there in an investment account. 
The roughly seven-year mark to double the dollars invested comes from the rule of 72, where you divide the number 72 by your average annual rate of return in an investment account, and that gives you how long it should take for the dollars to double. Assuming the stock market averages out to 10% return per year, taking into account leaving your money there for a while to struggle through the dips and ride the waves and the booms that make up for them, Somewhere around 10% annual rate of return is what people expect the stock market to average based on historical data. Now with all that the government has done to interfere with the economy, like I was just mentioning, and the unknowns of the future, I have no idea if that 10% average return will hold true in the future or falter. But that is what many consider to be the average and applying the rule of 72 to a 10% annual rate of return gives you a time frame of just over seven years to double your dollars. For a personal example on the power of compound interest, I opened an index mutual fund in the spring of 2016, then pulled most of the money out of it at the end of 2019 for the down payment on the house I closed on in January of 2020. Very providential timing from God on that with what the housing market has done since the lockdowns that started a couple months later. I put most of the money I could into that investment account. Taking the money from a credit union account my parents had helped me start when I was like 8 or 9. Cashing in bonds people had bought for me when I was a baby because of the interest those bonds would earn by the time I was old enough to cash them in. Stuff like that. And I periodically added more to the index mutual fund over the next few years. It was not much over three and a half years from the time I started the account to when I pulled the money out of it. But that time spanned most of Trump's presidency. And even if you hate Trump, you have to admit that the market did pretty well during those years. Let's just say that I didn't double my money in that time, which would have been half the time the stock market normally takes on average, but I definitely average more than the 10% per year that's you know generally considered average during that time. And a decent chunk of the down payment on my house was the interest my money earned during that time. I think when I pulled uh, most of the money out for the down payment on my house, Around a third of what was in the account was money that came from interest, not from my own investment. If I had put all of the money in at the beginning and not touched it after that, that would be a return of uh, about 50%. But remember how I said that I had added some to it over the time as well? So really the rate of return was higher than that since it started with a smaller amount. On that note, I want to say that investing in the stock market for short-term things like buying a house when you end up buying it only a few years later is a major risk because some years the stock market does great and other years it takes big hits. God bless me in that those years all did pretty well and earned a good return, but there are other spans of the same amount of time in the history of the American stock market where the money would have done poorly. Just for a recent example of this, looking at quarters, not years, I think in a Q3 of 2023, my money that I had invested in the stock market barely earned any interest at all and actually may have lost money. I'd have to look back to know for sure. 
But then in Q4 of 23, I think it earned like half, if not more than half, of the total interest for the entire year between all four quarters. So things are unpredictable in the stock market. That's just two quarters. So we think about that over the course of years, not quarters of a year. If you hear this episode and want to take advantage of compound interest for yourself, there are many different ways you can go with investing in many different companies to invest with. When it comes to mutual funds, I tend to prefer index mutual funds over actively managed ones, but people debate which is better and financial advisors can tailor their advice to you and your specific situation depending on where you are at and the pros and cons of each. When it comes to IRAs, there are traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Personally, I will always go with Roth when given the option. I used to work at a company that did not give you the option, so when I left that job and transferred my IRA with them into a personal one, I opted to take the financial hit now in taxes to transfer it to a Roth IRA in order to save money when I pull out of it decades into the future. Basically, the difference is with a traditional IRA, you do not pay taxes on the money you put into it, but you pay taxes on the money when you pull out of it during retirement which includes paying taxes on all of the interest it earned. With a Roth IRA, you pay taxes on the money when you put your money into it, but you do not pay taxes when you pull money out of it. So the interest you earned over the years is tax-free. I think if you just Google difference between a traditional and Roth IRA, that's probably more or less what Google would tell you. That's really the main differences between them there. The guy, Joe Garrisey, that I mentioned earlier is the one I went to when I set up my Roth IRA. While this episode of Theana Money is not financial advice and should not be received as such by you, go to Backwards Planning Financial and Joe Garrisey can give you legal financial advice tailored to your specific situation. And I know he would love to have more Christian clients since Garrisey is a Christian. He can help you with legal ways to avoid taxes, set up investment accounts, and more. So listen to the episode of The Money I recorded with him about six months ago, and check out his website that I will link in the description of this episode. And by the way, in this episode, I, when I was talking about compound interest, and I was giving real-world examples, most of the time I was talking about like the stock market, index funds, which are just a way you can invest in the stock market. There are many different ways you can go. So do your research, look at the different options for trying to get into compound interest. Talk to a financial advisor like Joe Garrisey. It doesn't have to be him if you already have someone, but if you don't, I recommend him. And look at the different options you have available to you. There's high yield or high interest uh, savings accounts. There's CDs. And of course, there's the mutual funds and index mutual funds I already mentioned and all kinds of different ways that you can look into uh, investing and uh, trying to get yourself some interest and uh, if you can, trying to take advantage of compound interest. So in summary, compound interest is a great way to have your money work for you over the years in order to save money for a down payment on a house like I did several years ago or for retirement like my Roth IRA with backwards planning financial, like what that's doing for me right now. 
There are many different ways you can start investing and take advantage of compound interest. So do your research and uh, maybe even reach out to a financial advisor to help you in the process. So that was this week's episode of Theana Money. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law and light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. Satisfies me Your love is sweet